0: This is a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius.
1: If American women over the age of 40 and the men who love them knew what I'm about to tell you, they'd mob D.C. They'd mob the Capitol, demanding their reproductive rights back. Not just liberal women, but conservative women, too. If American women knew, they didn't have to be governed by their biological clock. That having a baby at 45 or 50, 55 or 60 could be as easy as having one at age 30. That the technology exists to erase a woman's biological clock, to give heartbroken women the chance at having their own biological children. If they knew that, if they knew that one Republican member of Congress was standing in the way Of them and their spouses having children, grandchildren, or adding to their existing families after the age of 40, they'd mob the Capitol, demanding to speak to Representative Robert Adderholt. But one man has decided that he knows best, that women over 40 shouldn't have children. It's a patently outrageous situation, and it would end quickly if American women knew about it. Everybody's pretty aware of a woman's biological clock. The odds of getting pregnant over the age of 40, two-thirds of women can't do it anymore. Their clock runs out. By age 40, they've got a 5% chance of getting pregnant. Across the course of my life, I've known so many women and men in this heartbreaking boat. One person I know dated a ton of women. He just happened to meet the love of his life At the end of his 30s, he couldn't imagine not spending the rest of his life with her. But that meant a terrible choice. She was 39 when he married her. They tried, but couldn't have children. Pretty common for that age. She was simply too old. Had another girlfriend like this. Dated a ton of guys. Never managed to find the right one for her. Brilliant woman. Valedictorian of her class. She met him at 38. They married at 39. But by 40, she too was too old to have children. Or so she thought. So they all think. For this friend of mine, being childless is something that regularly reduces her to tears. Me and my girlfriends avoid bringing up things like our children's birthdays or things our kids are doing. She still struggles with it more than a decade later with the heartbreak and the hopelessness of it. But what most women don't know is all that's unnecessary. If we could just get Alabama Representative Robert Adderholt, the heck out of the way, all that could change. For me, this is deeply personal. More than anything, I wanted to have another child, several more children. I'm a good mom, but I too met my husband late. We got started right away and had three kids. I want a fourth child more than I want my next breath. A fifth one would be fantastic too. There's nothing more in the world that I want. And even though I'm so grateful God has given me my three children, just the sight of a baby shower announcement on Facebook sometimes is enough to bring me to tears. There's nothing more in the world I want than more children, my children, my biological children. And what makes it so hard for me to deal with is that I happen to know the technology for me to do that exists. It's existed since the 90s. But again... One man who I don't even know, I would actually pay a lot of money to meet him and just to ask him to talk, to beg, maybe even on my knees for five minutes to be allowed to have a child. I would do just about anything to meet, to beg Representative Robert Adderhold to let me have that child, to get out of my way, to get out of the way of so many conservative women like me who would love to expand their families and to raise them in a way I think He'd probably be pretty happy with, but he thinks he knows better than I do. Or maybe he's just ignorant. I'd love to have that five minutes to ask. And if other women knew, they would too. In the quest of getting pregnant after I turned 40, my husband and I blew over $30,000 trying to get pregnant, IVF, all of it, it failed. But little did I know, he was using old technology. Because the new technology that would have let women like me get pregnant, technology that's been around since the 1990s, is banned in the U.S. It's literally insane. It's called cytoplasmic transfer. It was pioneered in the late 1990s by a clinical embryologist by the name of Dr. Jacques Cohen and his team at St. Barnabas Institute in New Jersey. It was the answer Sharon Saarinen was looking for. She'd been trying to have a baby for 10 years and by then was too old. Or so she thought. Her daughter, Alana, was conceived using it. Alana is just fine. She's in her 20s now. Here's how it works. Right now, if I go to a fertility clinic, I can get a donor egg from a younger woman and matched with my husband's sperm, we could have a child. That child would be biologically his, but not mine. This is pretty standard in the US. Just about every fertility clinic does it. Creates three parent babies the donor mom's egg, the husband's sperm, and me, the actual mom. This makes one small change. Instead of the donor mom donating the entire egg, she'd instead donate just the mitochondria. See, older women's eggs are essentially tired. Inside the cell, the mitochondria basically can't fire up enough energy to go through the whole development process. So instead of donating the entire egg, the mitochondria is stripped out of another woman's egg, an unfertilized egg like women donate all the time and put into an older woman's egg, refiring up the energy production site of her own egg. Along with it, Some DNA is transferred, but only a tiny amount. It's actually less than 3%. It's not the eyes, the ears, not the hair color, the personality, not the athletic ability. Virtually nothing that makes a person a person. And that's where things went terribly wrong on our side of the aisle, the right side of the aisle, because this was nicknamed three-person IVF. Because the resulting child would have a tiny fraction of their DNA from a third person. Once you understand this, it's so not a big deal that I'm baffled it ever caused controversy. But it was grotesquely misunderstood by our side. I remember trying to explain this on the radio at the time and throwing my hands in the air. Somehow this got mixed up in the gay marriage debate. I remember the articles, people who didn't fully understand it, on our side wrote, oh, gay couples could have babies, threesomes, three-parent family. It got ridiculous. But the gay marriage debate was hot at the time, and this sounded nuts. It's not nuts at all. It's really not even that different from what we do now with donor eggs, (laughs) except people just didn't really understand it. And there's a heartbreaking component to this, too. When you replace that tiny bit of mitochondria, that Less than 3% of the genetic components of the person, guess what? Genetic diseases that people inherit can be in many cases erased. Women who could not have babies for fear of passing on deadly and crippling genetic diseases could do that, could have babies safely without passing them on. It was revolutionary. And our side, I'm sad to say, just didn't take the time to understand it. And they killed it. An in-stepped Representative Robert Adderholt. These weren't true three-parent babies. Not when 97% of the DNA would come from the mom and the dad. Again, the DNA we're talking about here isn't the DNA that determines physical characteristics. It's the DNA that determines the properties inside a cell. Because the donors of these eggs are donating them unfertilized, no life is destroyed. This is an unfertilized egg that the mitochondria is taken out of. The same kind of woman sheds every month. The same kind every fertile woman sheds when I mean it dies every month when she goes through her menstrual cycle. When she ovulates, if there's no sperm there to fertilize it, it just dies off and then it happens again the next month. This egg could instead be preserved, the mitochondria harvested to allow women who are infertile because of their age to have as many babies as they want. But in 2015, Representative Robert Adderholt stepped forward to add an amendment that almost nobody noticed to a bill banning the practice. At the time, his amendment to the appropriations bill spurred no debate. I think nobody even noticed it but it would have a devastating effect on the lives of women like me and my friends who so desperately want to have children. He banned it. The good news is it has to be renewed every year. Every year, he steps up to make sure that we don't have control, don't have the choice to add to, to expand our families. Again, at the time, the amendment spurred no debate, but Adderholt steps up every year to make sure it gets included. There's three ways around this. Adderholt could simply let it expire. The FDA could decide to reinterpret the language. Or women who've had their reproductive rights stolen from them could sue and hope to win in court. Glenn Cohen is the director of Harvard Law School's Petrie-Flom Center for Health Law Policy. He's been fighting for years to try to reverse this. And he worries that... Confusion was created and I think he's right by our side because at the same time the news of this broke a separate story about germline gene editing broke that's where you actually go in and change things about people eye color hair color sports ability that sort of thing this this technology has nothing to do with that it is one-on-one replacement of mitochondria it doesn't change who a person is it does not allow them to edit you And that's what he says. He thinks the debate over this technology has, quote, been swallowed up in an eddy of debates around germline gene editing, which is something different, which he says is a separate and distinct technology. It is. And not one that I support, by the way. Despite Adderholt, Dr. John Zhang of New York was determined to try. He was trying to help a desperate couple who'd endured multiple miscarriages and lost Two children under the age of seven, God, can you imagine, to something called Lee's syndrome. It's a mitochondrial disorder, as are many inherited diseases. They were desperate, and Dr. John Zhang was desperate to help. To get around Adderholt's amendment, they had to flee to Mexico like common criminals. So instead of doing the transfer at Dr. Zhang's New Hope Fertility Clinic, they had to do it down in Mexico, which at the time did not have an explicit law against it. It worked. A healthy baby boy born disease-free. An incredible gift to his parents. The news spread around the world. Dr. Zhang was hailed as a hero. Women mobbed his New Hope Fertility Center. Women with genetic diseases, but also women who were over 40, begging for the chance to have children too. But Representative Robert Adderholt knew better. The FDA quickly cracked down on Zhang made him sign something saying he wouldn't do these procedures here in this country or anywhere else. And here's the exciting part about this technology. The mom he did this on not only was able to overcome her genetic disease and not pass it to her children, to have her children grow out of childhood, she was 47 at the time. 47. An age at which it's so impossible to get pregnant that if you do, and it does happen occasionally, you'll make the news. Since then, countries around the world have legalized this on a very limited basis, but only for their own citizens. The UK, for instance, allows it, and it's been successful, but only for parents with genetic diseases and only for a handful. A healthy baby was born in Greece in 2019. There are clinics, almost completely unregulated, in Ukraine, or there were before the war. Again, folks, this technology has been around since 1983. How many decades of heartache could have been avoided? In 2019, Stat Magazine wrote this. Patient advocates and scientists launched push to lift ban on three-parent IVF. The hope being they could simply get Adderholt to just not put up the renewal of the amendment. The story begins like this. Last week, a Greek woman with a history of multiple in vitro fertilization failures finally gave birth to a healthy baby with DNA from three biological parents. Again, less than 3% of the DNA comes from the third parent. Stakeholders who want to bring this technology that's existed for so long to American women met at Harvard Law School back in 2019 to plot how they could reason with Congress, how they could get around this, how they could reason with the FDA. In Greece, the procedure is now being used for infertility and it's working. But since then, the group of clinicians, embryologists, and other scientists who aren't unfortunately lobbyists have gotten essentially nowhere. This podcast is my hope of changing that. I'm convinced that if American women over the age of 40 and the men who love them, the men who desperately want to have children with them, could know we have this technology. It's just a handful of Republicans, maybe even just one in Congress standing in the way. I think things would begin to change. If Robert Aderholt could hear from conservative women like me who raise their families with traditional values and desperately want more members of those families, I think things could change. In fact, I think Congress would be mobbed with women, demanding their rights back. So please, share this with women, you know, over 40, and the men who love them. We all know somebody like this, desperate to have a child, but it's too late. It doesn't have to be. And look, contact U.S. Congress member Robert Adderholt. You can email him, you can call his office, you can write him a letter. Be respectful and pass on the word. The wording of Adderholt's amendment was so strict... It even forbids research, clinical trials, to study the safety and the efficacy of this, although we know it has been used around the world. Why? Then look up and contact your member of Congress and your senators. You can find Adderholt's contact information at adderholt.house.gov. But most importantly, spread the word. If women knew this, that they no longer need to be hemmed in by their biological clocks that it's not too late, that they can still have their own biological children, I think things would change, and quickly.
0: Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.